Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, we've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Hour two of the program underway now. The noon hour is here. Hope you all are doing great out there wherever you might be on this Saturday. It's a cold Saturday here along the Wasatch Front, but where our next guest is at currently, it is beautiful based on everything I am hearing. Uh, he is Brian Brown, host of Locked on Utes, a dear friend of ours here on the Saturday show, a former producer actually here at the Zone. Brian, how are you, my friend? I couldn't be better. Like you said, it is beautiful. Uh, it could be raining cats and dogs, though, and it would be a beautiful day here in uh, what we're now calling Utah-Dina because there are so <laughs> many Utah fans in Pasadena that there's no way that we're still in California. It has to be uh, Salt Lake City South. Okay, so are you on site? Are you at the Rose Bowl already? Getting there. Okay. <laughs> Currently it's, working uh, your way over. Got it. Yes, yeah, yeah. You were en route, as I like to say, uh, to the Rose Bowl, to the stadium. Was over there yesterday checking out the scene, got all prepped, and, and uh, took care of all the uh, the verification to get into the stadium so that we wouldn't have to worry about that. And we're heading over now to uh, celebrate with about, uh, I'm guessing, fifty or 60,000 other Utah fans. It's stunning to me. I've seen pictures of Salt Lake International Airport. I've seen pictures of people down there in the greater L.A. slash Pasadena area. Just Utah fans are there in droves. It's absolutely incredible to me, Brian. But at the same time, I completely understand. This is a historic day for the University of Utah. It is. And this is a you know goal and an achievement that they've been working towards ever since joining the Pac-12 Conference. And even before that, to some degree, this is a program that's always wanted to be relevant nationally. And, and, you know, you can say what you want about little brother, big brother. But I think there's some, you know, rivalry with BYU and what they did back in the 80s and 90s that pushed this program to to wanting to do more. And now this is kind of like an achievement day. Uh, We won't call it graduation because I think there's still a lot more on the table for this program and for this football team. Uh, But it's a huge deal. And Utah fans responded. And I think... The other part of it, too, is you have to acknowledge that with the way this season has been, with the the Ty Jordan and the Aaron Lowe situation, uh, that this was an opportunity for everybody to in the Utah Utes community to really show some love and some appreciation for the football team. And you know, I think it's a great job by Utah fans to get out and showcase what the state has to offer and what the fan base is capable of. Okay, Brian, obviously you, you cover Utah for Locked On News. I've been co-hosting with you for the past year or so, and it, it feels like to me in this game today that the more motivated team by far is Utah, and that's actually a big, I feel like, indicator of a team that has the advantage in this game. But if you go by the sports books, you go by ESPN's FPI, it still says that Ohio State has the advantage. Where do you feel like this game is going to tip? Well, I think the biggest thing is that it just comes down to, you know, can Utah establish the run early on Ohio State the way that they want to? Um, and, and, you know, I think there's – lines are funny because lines are always set to, to for the general public to bet, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And the general public wants to put money on Ohio State. That's the horse 
that's carried them for so often. You know, we talk about it. It's why the Notre Dame line is always the one that's like the, one of the first lines that's released because it's one of the most easy and popular and recognizable teams to bet on. Uh, and so I think to some degree, the fact that the line has dropped and went from six and a half to four and a half, I haven't checked recently, but it's got to be teetering right then and there. That probably indicates that the, you know, the sharps and whatnot are, are trying to nudge the, the big public into betting on Ohio State. But I think the, you know, the smart money, so to speak, would be on Utah at this game. It's, it's the opt outs for me. You know, Haskell Garrett in the middle of that Ohio State defense is a huge loss for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was leader in sacks, leader in TFLs. He's the guy that, that really had this team, you know, kind of uh, hanging in there. They're not as physical an Ohio State team as, as maybe they have been in the past. But, um, you know, I think, like I said, if Utah can establish the run early, if they can put some pressure on T.J. Stroud and really confuse him early on and, and have him, quote-unquote, seeing ghosts, that's where this one can blow open for Utah. And, and look, I know the line is four and a half. I know that Ohio State has a ton of talent. But if things go the way that, that they have for Utah in the past, this one could get out of hand early because I don't know that – not necessarily that Ohio State doesn't want to be there, but I, I don't know how focused this team is right now with how much has been going on within the program, you know, coaching changes, transfer portals, uh, all the guys who are leaving to go to the NFL. It's, it's a lot, and we're seeing you know, all the time now during bowl season that teams can have a tendency to kind of check out a little bit. Uh, I would agree with you. I, I think that's very evident if you if you watch if you've watched college bowl games just in it's uh, at least in the last five years or so. Opt outs are a big big thing, and uh, the one thing and let's let's talk about this for a minute. I, I we had Jay Stevens on from Locked On Buckeyes earlier on on today's show, Brian, and I brought up the point that I feel like he's kind of being overlooked to a degree. Is that Despite the opt-outs for Ohio State, they still do have a Heisman Trophy finalist on the field. They'll be taking on Utah and C.J. Stroud. Uh, what is your concern level that no matter if he's missing two of his top targets, that this is a dude who can still get the job done? Yeah, it's Ohio State. They've got guys who can catch footballs and guys who can get open. You know, I think Smith and Jigba is a very talented receiver. So even though the Garrett Wilson and, and Chris Olave are gone, uh, they're going to have guys who can they can reload on that roster. I mean, this is this is a wide receiver group that lost Jameson Will, uh, Williams to, to Alabama, and he went down there and was their best wide receiver that, uh, of the year. Right? Good point. Yeah. Good point. So, like you know, they have talent there, and you know that like like Stroud can throw the football. That's the bottom line. And so I think it's you know the other big concern about it is like we do we really even know who's starting at cornerback for Utah yet? <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, like, I, I mean, Clark Phillips is on one side, and uh-huh. we know that Malone Mattelli will be, you know, at the nickel spot, but, you know, it's that, that last corner position that we don't really know, you know, what's going to be taking place there. Now, we've heard names being moved around and, and whatnot, but um, I think that's a big thing to kind of circle, and, and you have to think that C.J. Stroud is, is thinking that same way in his head, um, where I think Utah can hang with it and, and keep, you know, keep the – uh, the game on track is, is by disguising coverage, bringing pressure from abnormal spots and situations, and, and really, you know, I think we've seen a lot with drop seven, drop eight in the zone game, and if Utah can do that a little bit early and force Stroud into making decisions or throwing in the tight windows, that could maybe help them disrupt him. But if he gets into a rhythm, it could be a very, very long day for Utah. It, it, like, that's probably the biggest fear I have, both as a fan and as someone who's breaking down this game, is 
you let C.J. Stroud get cooking, man, and, and he's not going to stop. Yeah, and I think the term that you and I are kind of looking at is the concern of Ohio State just simply out-athleting Utah. Is that is that the concern? Uh, I think to a degree, right? Like, I mean, it's Ohio State's got more four and five stars on their roster sure. than Utah's had in years, right? Like, so it's not, you know, well, I think Utah's athleticism has improved. We saw that with how they played against Oregon and, and you know, throughout the Pac-12 conference. That this is a very big, physical, strong, fast Utah football team. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just that there's so much talent on that Ohio State, Ohio State roster, and as you start to lose depth on the Utah side of things, it's the experience that gets you know uh, a little shaky. And, and then, so I think you know, knowing that Utah doesn't have any issues with COVID at this point, knowing that Utah's going to be healthier than they've probably been all year, knowing that they do have good depth that they've kind of tested all year long should be you know favorable for them to compete now if you see guys go down throughout the game that's where it kind of starts to get iffy because now you're replacing it with inexperienced guys who are not quite developed whereas ohio state has guys that you know maybe they're inexperienced but they're still forced by talent let's talk about some of these guys this is gonna be their final game in a utah uniform thinking of guys like Britton covey devin lloyd nick ford mika tafua they've all uh, declared they're gonna this will be their final game as a member of the utah football program do you feel like they have established a legacy that uh they, they need to win this game to legitimize that legacy or do you feel like their legacy is already intact by making this game Oh, it's definitely intact. I think this season alone has, has really established the legacy that those guys have cemented. I think Devin Lloyd's play, um, you know, even if it, if, even if they hadn't made the Pac-12 championship game, I think he would have cemented his legacy as the greatest Utah defensive player in history. Um, but he completes the story. Um, that's the biggest thing. Is it's, you know, we're in Hollywood, so to speak, and, and this is the Hollywood ending if Utah were to win today, and I think that's the biggest part about it. Um, in addition to the fact that I think it's just you want to see Britton Covey go out with a win. You want to see Devin Lloyd go out with a win. These are guys who have toiled and worked and, and done it the, the Utah way for so long now that you just you have so much hope and, and kind of motivation for them on their behalf uh, that you want to see them win. And, um, you know, so I think – all that being equal, uh, the legacy is there. It's set, but this would just be that nice little uh, extra extra dollop of whipped cream on the uh, Rose Bowl Sunday, so to speak. All right. Uh, I'm just seeing this come across, Brian. I'm going to get your reaction to it because it's literally just happening on Twitter. Josh Newman, of course, dear friend over there at the Salt Lake Tribune covering the youth, does a great job. Says, we will see how warm-ups shake out, but the expectation is that Micah Bernard will play cornerback this afternoon against Ohio State. Says there's a better-than-average chance that Bernard, a third-year running back, gets the start. Your thoughts? Uh... <laughs> So maybe or maybe not, I've known about this for a little while. Can't say, uh, sources cannot confirm or deny this information. Uh, but if that was the case, uh, I would think that Bernard probably uh, showcased a lot of uh, adaptability at the position when they moved him over there. And I think that this was kind of going to be the way of it all along. I think it's a great fit for him. He's an incredible athlete. I love watching him run the football. Uh, but knowing Makai, the biggest thing is just that, like, he wants to be on the field. He wants to play. He wants to compete. And, and he's the kind of guy that has the mentality to where he can play the position. Uh, he has the athletic ability. He definitely has the size. 
and if you've been following along with his tweets, he's been real, real busy tweeting lately. So I think he's as excited as anybody to get out there and, and give this a shot. Uh, so, I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start. Um, you know, and I think you're going to see some bumps for sure. But Utah is going to have some stuff in, in place to kind of help him get over those bumps. And, uh, you know, like for a kid from Southern California to start your first game in the Rose Bowl <laughs> at a corner position, like how cool is that? So I think that's the biggest part about it is it's super exciting for him. And, and you know, we'll see. Like, I, I'm honestly, like he's physically perfect for the position. So I think there's a lot of an advantage there. And, and who better to coach you up than Sharif Shaw? I mean, he's done it with two other guys, and Fabian Marks and, and Zamaya Vaughn this year. Why not Makai Bernard? It's just the, the the idea. You're right. The idea that he is is Makai is a Southern California native playing in the Rose Bowl, an iconic venue, and then his first start on the de- defensive side of the ball in the Rose Bowl. That's a it's a pretty interesting storyline there. Yeah, I mean, not bad for your first day. No, no, no? Not, not bad uh, at all. You hope that it goes well, but who knows? Um, but I think regardless, it's going to be. You know, it's going to be a position that's going to be, you know, taken care of as a, on a team basis, right? Like, yeah. you're going to have the safeties. You're going to probably see a lot of that cowboy package that Utah uses with the three down linemen, the three linebackers, and the five um, defensive backs. And so you're going to see a lot of that kind of stuff to help, you know, uh, allow him to get comfortable for it early. But the biggest thing is just he is a kid that has the mindset to attack that position. And, you know, with those kinds of players that have the athletic ability, that have the mindset, um, you know, I think it's okay to have some expectation for him to be um, capable uh, today. All right, Brian, what is the best thing that you've had so far there in Southern California on this trip? Oh, boy. Uh, Other than the sunshine and warm weather, it's probably – and and people who follow me on Twitter, they know Lupe's Tacos – Went down to Dana Point, caught mm-hmm. some uh, some ocean breeze, and then uh, did the stoner fries down there. That was pretty good. But um, you know, it's hard to miss a meal here in California. Like it, there are so many good places to eat. It's probably the the primary redeeming part of having to deal with everything else that you deal with down here um, is that there's like a million good food spots within a mile. That is the truth. I married into a Southern California family. I can tell you this much. You're right. It is hard to find a bad meal in SoCal. You'd have to actually kind of look for it, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, unless you're like, I mean, unless you're just dead set on going to McDonald's or, or even uh, Jack in the Box. Like, Hey, Jack in the Box cracked tacos, man. Those bad boys, those are legendary. Yeah, like you're just gonna pay the price for it. That you won't if you go someplace you know, like Lucky Fair Boy enough. or some of the other other spots in town. So. All right. Well, Brian, appreciate you taking some time to join us, carving out some time. Enjoy the game today, and we're looking forward more to your coverage on Locked On Utes and everything. All right? Hey, it's great to talk to you, my man. You have a happy new year. And uh, tell Scotty G that I'm upset that he didn't uh, put you guys on a remote out here. We would have had a good time. <laughs> we would have had a great time. I, I promise you <laughs> that. All right. Thanks, Brian. Talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Have a good one. And there you go, Brian Brown, Locked On Utes, a former producer here at The Zone and a dear friend. Thank him for taking the time. It should be a fun time out there. All right, uh, before we take a break here, Eric, I threw it out on Twitter. I wanted people's predictions for this game, and I want to get your reaction to this before we go to break here. So uh, let's start here. Our first prediction, Jared Ashby, Jared underscore Ashby, I'm voting for the red and white team. 
That's clever. Yeah, okay. Well, way to go, buddy. Red and white team, both teams. Okay, got it. All right, Doug Gibson here. Utah 31, Ohio State 20. Actually, I think that's a pretty good prediction there, score-wise. What do you think? I don't know how bad I think the Ohio State defense is. 30 points seems reasonable, but maybe a little high. Okay. All right. Uh, our fearless leader, Tanya Vea, of course, over there at KSL, she has Utah by five. And I actually, I, I think it's going to be a fairly close game, honestly, myself. I think it's a one-score game. Where, where do you sit? I tend to think that it'll be close early, but mm-hmm. somebody's going to pull away in the third quarter, right? Oh, you, th- you think it's going to not be that close then? I, I think what will happen is the first half will be relatively close, the third will be back and forth, but by the 10-minute mark of the fourth quarter, you'll know who's going to win the game. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Cougs in the pros, tracking BYU guys in the NFL. Ohio State, a lot. Utah, a little. So... Pettiness. Somebody's a little petty, yeah. I and can understand that. Uh, Blair Red, a good friend of ours. Uh, Utah 38, Ohio State 27. And he says, it won't be as close as the score indicates. I think it goes more to your point here. Yeah, I think that might be the case, where it's a, a closer score, where it's within 7 to 10 points, but it's... You, you know it, that one team... It's better, but it's, it's, it's a bigger win for either side than they that. They tack on a touchdown and a two-point conversion in the final minute to make yeah. it look closer than it actually... Yeah, I, I can yeah. see that happening, potentially. It really depends, I feel like, as most games do, the turnover margin. You got to take care of the football. We all know Kyle Whittingham. He is a stickler for taking care of the football. He does not want his teams to turn it over. And if you give a team like Ohio State multiple opportunities to have extra possessions, that's a recipe for disaster. We all saw that earlier on in the season when Utah had some uh, fumble issues, uh, turnover deal. It will. It'll cripple you. And a team like Ohio State, they are as polished as any team out there. They have the talent. And if you give them that opportunity to have a cheap possession, a short field, you can guarantee they're going to come downhill at you, and you'd be stunned if you don't uh, give up seven points in that scenario, I feel like. So I think it's be critical for Utah to make sure that they take care of the football in this game. Uh, one final prediction here. Uh, if you guys have your predictions, feel free to send them in. Uh, Eric, is it Eric18Utah? Uh, Did I got that correct? Yep, got uh, it. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. I was going to send him to Zone Sports Net, our station feed as well. The best prediction here of the bunch, though, our good friend Lundy, Alex Lundberg, former co-host here on the Saturday show. Here, here's his prediction. I'm predicting that my raspberry chipotle ribs are going to be money. Good for him. <laughs> Eating those raspberry chipotle ribs, probably washing it down with about 400 milligrams of caffeine and a bang energy. <laughs> Good for that guy. Uh, Lundy, uh, let us know when to stop by. I want to try this. You talked when you were co-host here about buying your smoker. I just need to, you know, we need to check up on how his smoking game is going. Yeah, yeah. Maybe have us over a little barbecue and yeah. when it gets a little warmer. Oh, no, we need to do it today. We need to stop by and try these ribs out. That's what I'm saying. I, I, we, need, we need to go evaluate. We need to be the taste testers. I feel like that's a, a more of a job for you as I will be here deep into the night. Well, 
We'll go pick it up. All right, one final one here, just uh, sneaking in under the wire. Patrick Carr from up there at the Standard Examiner in Ogden. He's got Ohio State 45, Utah 31. So kind of the flip side, kind of what you're talking about, Eric. He feels like Ohio State's going to take control of this. That's a lot of points for Ohio State to score, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't, I don't think Utah's going to give up more than 30 points. I, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I think Utah's defense is, is up for this one, but hey. We'll have to wait and see. All right. We'll have more in a moment. We'll get to five minutes of uh, talk a little sake and a whole lot more. Get to some of the other topics that we have not had a chance to touch on today. We'll get to all of that next. You're listening to The Saturday Show, which is brought to you proudly presented. Our title sponsor is our friends at Mountain Land Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. More in a moment right here on the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday Show here on the Zone Sports Network, proudly presented by Mountainland Supply. Hope you all are doing great on this Saturday afternoon. A beautiful day. If you just look out the windows, man, banner day here in Utah, albeit cold. So uh, we've been getting you ready all day long for the Rose Bowl. Also, the Utah Jazz in action tonight against the Golden State Warriors. We're getting spoiled today, Eric. We got... Rose Bowl action, University of Utah taking on Ohio State down there in Pasadena. And then we get to watch the Jazz and the Warriors do battle. I'm excited. It's going to be a fun day of sports here locally. Yeah, it should be fun. Always a good time when Steph Curry comes to the building. This place is going to get hopping tonight, I feel like. And... uh, yeah, it should be should be a good time. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we, in this segment, typically, if we don't have a guest, we do what we like to call five minutes of and talk about some of the other topics we have not had a chance to touch on today. And one of the staples in five minutes of is a little mashup we like to call Saki. Chance to play it through for Lucas Mora. Straight race with Anderson. season in all competitions maybe only three in the Premier League but there are clear signs of rapid improvement this season for Harry Kane controls near the corner now tries to pull away from Barry Brat to the top gives here to Hughes Jack Hughes shooting he's got and Royale well forward here and Lucas Moura having just made the first he's just scored the second what a brilliant couple of minutes for Tottenham here's De Bruyne and Foden therein lies the lesson you can go close against Manchester City but if you fail to hit the target, they will punish you. It is being checked by VAR, but Phil Foden stands to be the scorer of the opening goal on his return to the team, and Thomas Frank is left 
pounding his desk in frustration. Jen Mueller, along with our great crew, Mark Giordano, who started the scoring. McCann on the doorstep, they score! win that face off here to start the power play. Shot by Stamco. He scores! Steven Stamco's rest at home. Six seconds into the power play. Had been fed him. And before Shesterkin can move, it was flying in and out of the net. There you go. A nice mashup from Eric doing a great job. Dude. The Seattle Kraken are bad. I, they're my team. But I know, you, I know, but I, I, you probably like the one highlight. In- but I had to, you know, I had to find something that, you know, I, you know, I, I got the Spurs highlights in there okay. earlier, so I had to get at least one Kraken uh, highlight. Right. The Avalanche haven't played in what seems like a month due well, to COVID, COVID concerns. Yeah. yeah. So it's just. Not so right now in the NHL, but let's, I, I wanted to, you know. Let's start off on the hockey front. Obviously, okay. COVID's been wreaking havoc with the NHL. They paused uh, all uh, games for, was it was it a week? Was it 10 days? About, not 10 days. Not 10 days at all. They paused from like January 22nd to the I mean, December 22nd. So, December 20th. So the week of Christmas, essentially. Week of Christmas, okay. yeah. And, it was like four days. So. And they've obviously have now said that no NHL players are going to Beijing to participate in the Tokyo, uh, not yep. Tokyo Olympics, the Beijing Olympics, the Winter Games. Uh, that's going to obviously, well, it made some guys very upset. Sucks. It does suck, yes. And uh, obviously they're going to try and make up the games that have been postponed uh, during that, that three weeks they were originally planning on taking off. Uh, what else in hockey is going on, Eric, besides the fact, yes, my Seattle Kraken are just horrendous. You know, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they lost last night, but they are rounding once again into the form of of being a a Stanley Cup contender, but also in that division, the Florida Panthers just got a big win over them this week. Yeah, so so that's an interesting thing to kind of track there, but I, I do feel like what you're seeing right now from the Tampa Bay Lightning is they're getting into they're they're starting to take shape a little bit and okay. they're 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 playing some good hockey right now so that's good. In the Western Conference, I mean it's it's just a mess. I mean every everybody in the Western Conference has a chance. I feel like, uh, but really what I've learned this year is it's you know still too early to look at the standings. You know so much can change in the NHL so quickly right now. The, the standings look like they did about a month ago, but that could all change. You know, most of these teams are still in the playoff hunt if they win a few games in a row. Like, it, even it, as long as you're not the Chicago Blackhawks, Seattle Kraken, or Arizona Coyotes, you pretty much have a, a, a legitimate chance in the Western Conference right now. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how that all plays out. But, uh, you know, it's a fun time to start watching hockey. Everybody's starting to play a little bit better now. Mm-hmm. There are high-scoring affairs every night. Yesterday, I watched that Devils-Oilers game. That was a lot of fun. Five to six in overtime. Six to five in overtime. It was just a a good time to watch. Been some good hockey games this week. So the NHL is is moving forward, but you know, still they are still postponing games like. It, it, it it's not good. They are the league that I'm most concerned about with the whole COVID thing because the the NBA you have 
kind of these infinite rosters where yeah. you can go pillage the G League and sign guys from overseas to 10-day contracts and, and everything like that. But in the NHL, it's a lot harder, it seems like, to fill a full roster. And, and losing all these games, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. All right, uh, on the soccer front for a moment here, RSL still trying to find an owner. Uh, maybe that saga will... I don't think that'll ever end. And at some I point? think they'll just be ownerless forever. Uh, I mean, it's one of my least favorite storylines that I continually do, track. Do you realize that MLS soccer resumes next month? Like, the new season? It never it's stops. It's January. It starts in it February. It never stops. Players report for the 2022 season this month. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it would, you know, you hear these big soccer players in Europe like uh-huh. Lewandowski and Messi this week go off and say they hate the idea of FIFA making the World Cup every two years. And Emil, I, yeah. I mean, that's for a reason. Like, even in Europe, like these soccer is a great sport to follow because it, it never ends. Like there's only really a two month off season. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's you know, it's it's a lot to track. But yeah, I mean, we'll be back to, you know, some MLS soccer in late February. Who it's doesn't love that? Crazy to me. Uh yeah, so Soccer's on its way. It's ongoing over the overseas and whatnot. Obviously, there's a lot going on. It's the January period, so the transfer window is going to open up. So start hearing about absolutely insane amounts of money exchanging hands to transfer players between big clubs, and that's always fun. All right, um, other things in our five minutes of here, Eric. Uh, let's talk a little bit about college basketball because we just talked about COVID affecting NHL. Well, if there's one sport, it might be affecting more than the NHL. And the NBA, I don't know. The NBA is getting hit pretty hard. But it seems like the NBA has kind of crested their wave. And I, I hate to say that because we don't know what's happening with COVID. Well, they've also figured it out. Like, I mean, I was sitting at this Minnesota game last night. Yeah. Half of that Wolves roster, I was like, who is that guy? By the way, uh, earlier I could remember... D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell. It came to me like, in the middle, of, the middle of Brian Brown's interview. I'm sitting there, I'm like... Oh, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo <laughs> Russell still plays for the Timberwolves? Yeah. He was, he, he, he's out due to COVID issues. That's guy I could not remember earlier. It literally hit me an hour later in the middle of an interview. Yeah, I mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't name basically a single player on the Timberwolves roster outside of Anthony Edwards last night as a very casual. Who, by the way, is a really good player. Yeah, very casual NBA fan outside of the Jazz. I don't, you know, yeah. outside of the Jazz, I, got, I don't uh, watch a ton. Did, but. Do you know that Minnesota Timberwolves actually exist, by the way? I got called a bozo by one last night on Twitter. Wow. I was like, they do exist. Timberwolves fans. They're having full force. <laughs> you, know, you know who I was most bummed I didn't get to see last night was Carl Anthony Towns. I always like watching him play. He's a hooper. He can yeah. play. Uh, but yeah, the, the one sport I feel like is being affected right now is you're absolutely crushed is college basketball. Yep. The West Coast Conference, BYU plays in the West Coast Conference. All 17 games involving West Coast Conference teams on both the men's and women's side of the, their, their sports were canceled this weekend or postponed. Yeah, it's crazy. 17 games. Yep. Utah State's game tonight was postponed San against Jose, San Jose yeah. State due to San Jose State issues in, uh, with COVID protocols. Utah women's basketball had their Pac-12 opener uh, shut down this week because of issues within that program it is it's just a mess and uh we'll we'll see how it all plays out but you gotta hope 
you know, it sucks to say this, but you got to hope you get this all out of the way now so you don't have this stuff happen in March. Well, and in some ways, I, I, I agree with you, but, okay, if there's anything I've learned about this pandemic and what COVID's going to do is it's going to do what it wants. We can't control it. And I know that's, that, that's, it, it's, it's, that's simplifying everything, but these sports, they need, to be, uh, they need to be able to be adjustable to the circumstances they may find themselves in. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does, you know, it sucks because this college basketball season has actually been pretty fun. You know, yeah. the teams at the top are a little bit unpredictable. Duke looks like they're kind of back. But um, if I could just add a quick point on yeah. five minutes of, I think we should do some Utah State check-in every now and then with their basketball program. Really tough loss to Air Force. Like the kind of loss that probably guarantees that you have to win the conference if you're going to think about March Madness. Y- yes. The, the thing is, okay, and PK brought this up, and when he brought it up, I had forgotten about it because it... Let me be, in the interest of full disclosure, I grew up in an era where BYU-Utah were playing in the WAC in the Mountain West Conference, and they played against Air Force every year in hoops. And trust me, I have watched hundreds, it feels like, of games against the Air Force Falcons uh, in, in hoops. And you're watching it, and you're like, I am bored. Yeah. Because Air I mean, Force plays that, a slow, plodding style. That game, just quite frankly, that game just sucked. It, like, there were no... I usually, it, it, to put it in context, uh-huh. when I cut down these Utah State games, I usually come away with about 18 highlights. Mm-hmm. I had a grand total of, like, Six. I don't blame you one bit. Six I highlights. I don't blame you one bit. It was bit. a tough game to to sit through. And the thing about it is, that's how Air Force plays. They literally, I feel like, lull you to sleep as an opponent. I know that's a figure of speech, but they teams go there and lose games 49 to 47. That's a halftime score in certain games. In the NBA, that's that's less than a halftime score. But that's that's how Air Force plays. And yes, Utah State, that was a disappointing loss because you're right. It probably does put them firmly on the outside of the bubble currently. And that's not to say if they were to go and beat San Diego State and some of these other b- better teams in the Mountain West Conference, they can't find themselves right back on the bubble. But it was a gut punch loss. You're going to find out very quickly what Utah State is because their next three games are insane. I was going to say. Boise State. Yeah. Go to New Mexico, go to Colorado State, and Colorado State's the class of a conference. They're, they're considered the favorite. They're ranked number 20 in the country currently. You're on, you're, as you mentioned, they're on the road out there in Fort Collins taking on CSU. You are, Yeah, we are going to learn a lot about Utah State real quick here. Um, other teams locally in action tonight. Utah is up in Eugene, Oregon at Matthew Knight Arena. They'll be taking on the Oregon Ducks, a preseason top 25 team who has absolutely stumbled out the gate. They are 7-6 and six, speaking of the Ducks, but Utah did lose to Oregon State earlier this week, a 2-10 and 10 team. The Utes sit at 8-5, and 1-2 and two in the conference. Other local teams in action in whack play. Uh, Utah Valley getting underway at 2 o'clock as they host Tarleton State in Orem. They lost to Abilene Christian uh, earlier this week, who is in St. George, uh, taking on Dixie State tonight at 7 o'clock. Both of those games, you can stream them on ESPN+. And then in Big Sky, the funny thing is the Big Sky right now, Eric, if you want two teams that have legit possibilities because they've been picked as such to make the NCAA tournament, watch Weber State in Southern Utah. They were 1-2 in the preseason poll, and they've been playing well. Yeah, Weber State's a really good team. They've struggled with some of the bigger teams in the state when they've yeah. had to go play them. BYU beat but, them, yeah. But that's to be expected. 
and uh, they they've played really well this year. And you know, Big Sky, you're always gonna you know it's always gonna be a one bid lead. But yeah, those two teams, I feel like there's a good chance they meet up in the final. There's a good chance of that, yeah, absolutely. Southern Utah hosts Northern Colorado in Cedar City tonight at 7 o'clock. Weber State continues their road trip up in Big Sky Country. They're up in Missoula taking on Montana. Uh, Weber State 10-4, and 3-0 in the Big Sky. Uh, Southern Utah 9-4, and 3-0 in Big Sky action. So yeah, they're off to de- good starts in Big Sky play. That game against Montana looms large because Montana is 9-5. and They're 2-1. They've been kind of a thorn in the side of Weber State in recent seasons, so it'll be a big contest. Both of those will also be available to stream on ESPN Plus as well. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we will round out the Saturday show before making way for Ute pregame coverage here on the Zone Sports Network. Get some of your final predictions that you've sent in on Twitter. If you have them, we'd love to hear from you guys. What are you expecting from the Rose Bowl today? Love to have you guys weigh in with that. And obviously, any other thoughts you got, you can tweet at Jacob C. Hatch or at Eric18Utah. Love hearing from you guys and love your interactions with us here. More in a moment. This is the Saturday show right here on the Zone Sports Network. We all have New Year's resolutions this time of year. So, to close the Saturday show, here are a few big ones for sports teams and members of this show in the state of Utah. For the University of Utah, win the Rose Bowl. Go get some roses in Pasadena. For BYU, get through one last year of independent speech before joining the Big 12. And for the Aggies of Utah State, make March Madness in basketball and beat BYU in 2022 in football while trying to repeat as champions of the Mountain West. For the Utah Jazz, get to the Western Conference Finals. And if you really want to dream big, win the whole thing. For us here at the Saturday Show, Jake Hatch wants to keep tweeting about his gym exploits and continue the process of getting absolutely shredded. Hashtag hot dad. For myself, I would simply like it if I could also get shredded. Without the work of tweeting about going to the gym, I think I'd also like to find more unique ways to make fun of my coworkers in a friendly and positive way. I want to spend 2022 in the lab. We're already starting. Rise and grind. 2022 is upon us. Happy New Year. Shredded, huh? Shredded. Okay. Get shredded. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, I can go home and now tell my wife that I apparently have a new 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 Year's resolution to add to the list. Getting shredded. And also tweeting about it while I do it. You will not be tweeting about it. Apparently. Absolutely. Hot dad season. Hot dad season. Eric, it's good to have you back, dude. You make my day every time with these. All right. So there you go. Some New Year's resolutions for the local teams. And yeah, for us here on the show. We're going to have some fun, obviously. It's, I love doing this show. People ask me all the time, like, Jake, you work a lot. I love doing this show. 
That's why I take time on a Saturday to come up and do this show. It's it's a blast, and I have an absolute pleasure doing it. So thank you for all your support. It's a new year. 2022 is here, folks. It's crazy to think about, but nonetheless, hope you guys had a fantastic new year, and let's make 2022 a good one. Let's get off to a right start. Uh, yeah, so a couple of things before we go here. A couple more uh, Rose Bowl predictions have been sent in. Our good friend Patrick Carr from the Standard Examiner sent this in earlier. He predicts Ohio State 45, Utah 31. He's predicting Utah State to essentially blow the doors off of the Utah defense. And that's a, be stunning to me if that happens. I'll be, I'll be frank. Uh, Kelly Bartlett weighing in here saying Utah 38, Ohio State 34. I think will be a really good game. She has Utah uh, winning yeah, in narrow fashion. Uh, Zach Walker, Ohio State 35, uh, Utah 20s has a repeat of the 2019 Pac-12 championship game. Uh, Oregon obviously trouncing Utah in that game. We'll see. Uh, I am going to go opposite opposite of Zach. I think Utah is going to win this game. I do, as I mentioned earlier on, I do think it's a one-score game. I think it's going to be close. So here's my prediction, Eric. I'm going to get yours here momentarily. I am going Utah 30, Ohio State 24. That's where I sit. Your thoughts? Very close to almost identical. Okay. Utah 31, OHIO 24. Okay, so you got you just one point off in our predictions, and I think it's going to be a good one. And we're going to have some fun with it, obviously. We're going to have you pregame coverage coming up here momentarily. Scott Gerard, Hans Olsen, getting you ready for that. Obviously, we'll have postgame coverage, your calls, uh, postgame audio, Patrick Kinahan, the guys from Unrivaled, Scott Mitchell, I'll actually be on the call for the game. Alex Kier will be down there. They'll be sending back postgame audio. We'll carry that for you. We're going to have you covered top to bottom here on the Zone Sports Network. And then later on tonight... Just, you know, for a day-night doubleheader, let's get the Jazz and the Warriors squaring off uh, pregame coverage, and that will begin at 6 o'clock, and obviously tip-off between the Jazz and the Warriors here from Vivint Arena begins at 7 o'clock, so a busy, busy day ahead here on the Saturday show, and a big thank you to all of you for taking the time to join us here on the Saturday show, or the pre-pregame show, as we've been calling ourselves today. A reminder for you guys, the Saturday show is proudly presented to you by our friends over at Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts tools and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Once again, a happy new year to you all. Thank you for joining us here. For Eric, I'm Jake. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM and the Zone Sports Network. See you.